Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pitch, a Rocket League esports podcast. It's me, your host, Owen, the only host you've ever had. Um, no, the reason I say that is because if you did not see on Twitter, I am writing solo this week. Uh, I'm doing this alone. I'm riding the ship. I am, I am in charge um, because Drew is having dental work done. He's getting a root canal, which I do not envy him for. So I will, I will definitely allow him to take time off of that uh, because I think he's numb right now. I don't know how, how much of him is actually present and how much of him is high off of, uh, off of dental drugs or whatever they give him. Um, he did offer uh, to, to record the episode later in the week if he felt better, but I don't want to pressure him, to be honest, uh, if he's not feeling up for it. So I thought, hey, I can handle it. Guys, we can handle it. Just us. We, we can do this. We can do this, I think. So um, we'll see how we get along uh, solo here. And hopefully um, you don't get tired of my voice. And if you do get tired of my voice, please just like listen to it on silent because I like retention rates. I want those sweet sweet retention rates to be high uh, all the way through the episode so i would appreciate i would appreciate that um let's get started though so we had a crazy week of rocket league uh genji being consistent like i want them to v1 reaching heights i did not think they could reach again in in a region this competitive and mina uh kind of getting back to a bit of normalcy uh for now so uh, we'll discuss it uh, later on but first off I want to talk about something that is very exciting to me personally. Uh, so if you did not see over the weekend, um, what day was that? Let me see. October 22nd at 10.30, um, Sunless Khan made a video and he also created a new Twitter page. Uh, and in that video, he announced that he is creating an esports organization um, in Rocket League. Um, and he's teaming with Incivic to create it. Um, I don't know if, if Incivic is like a co-owner uh, or whatever, but I know Sunless is the CEO and that they're going in on this together. So this is really cool to me. And there is a lot to talk about with this. I'll try not to not to bore you if this isn't something you're interested in. But their esports organization is going to be called Rule One. And what's so interesting about this to me is when you look at the optics, when you look at the phases... Right, none of those esports organizations were built for Rocket League. Were built with Rocket League in mind, but when we see this, Sunless Con, the biggest content, I think at least, I think he's the biggest esports uh, content or Rocket League content creator in the scene. Maybe Musty is, but he is definitely top two there. Um, I don't watch his content personally, uh, so I don't remember um, exactly who who is the biggest. But regardless. He knows how to build a brand in this game. He knows what works. He knows what doesn't. He knows what people want. Um, and, and we do see content creators, influencers in this org- in this uh, scene who have organizations. We see Moist Esports, Carmine Corp. Um, they're all run by content creators. And that's great. And they, br- they do bring a fan base. They bring views into the watch parties um, uh, and, and eyeballs onto the scene. But... What makes it even better is that Moist Critical, uh, the streamer who runs Carmen Corp as well, their fans are not, most of them are not strictly Rocket League fans. They did not get into esports and then find um, 
the 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 streamers it was the opposite they're they are following rocket league because of the content creators which is great but when we look at sunless con and civic they are creating this esports organization for rocket league and they are content creators who are creating this esports organizations for rocket league which is huge because they know what what people want and i i'm not articulating this the way i want but the amount of content they can churn out that rocket league fans will want and will watch because it's one sunless con and two rocket league like there is no bound to how big this can get for the scene and how much stuff they can do for the scene um when we look at phase uh other esports optic things like that great organizations um even ssg um uh, you can name any organization they do good things for the scene i like what v1 does they really care but they have multiple esports titles they are they have to be focused on um they have to kind of allocate their bandwidth around multiple different titles around multiple different games esports yada 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 but with with this organization it is strictly meant to focus on the rocket league scene in the post uh, on the official rule, rule one twitter uh, it says rule one is an esports org created by sunless con and incivic while we have ambitious plans for the future notice what it says our first mission is very simple to entertain and serve the rocket league community we will compete in rlcs and work with the most talented creators designers editors managers and players in the scene so their entire focus all their bandwidth all the money they're putting into this is for rocket league which is a totally different outlook than any other esports organization in this scene there is no other esports team in this league that is owned by a former rocket league pro a content creator who is endemic to this scene so it's just going to be fascinating to see what kind of content they can put out because they are so close to the scene. Um, they haven't yet announced what team they'll they'll pick up. To be honest, there are a few that come to mind. Maybe KRN and Mina. Uh, Aogiri, I don't think that's an esports organization. Um, and I think also Monkeys, obviously, uh, could get picked up. I think those are some uh, good teams to look at that wouldn't have a huge buyout if, if they are part of an organization. So they do have teams they can look at. Um, and teams they can kind of uh, kind of calculate their options with, which will be cool. Um, they, they don't have any sort of, uh, they, they haven't given any public announcement as to who they're going to sign and when they're going to sign, but they are just getting started right now. So uh, make sure to follow them on Twitter, at Rule1GG on Twitter. I'm not sure if they have a YouTube, but I will make sure to link that in the show notes if they do. So keep an eye on this because... Sunless Con and Civic, they are going to put their all into Rule 1, just as they do with their own content. Um, so it's something that the community uh, really should look at and support uh, because it's hard making an esports organization. Uh, I know Moist Critical has said he is losing hundreds of thousands of dollars monthly through uh, because of Moist Esports, which is insane that anybody would willingly go into it knowing that that might happen uh, because esports right now are just not profitable like traditional sports uh, definitely getting there but esports in general are definitely an investment for the future um, so it's it's a big risk to get in 
into esports to own a team. So especially with Sunless Khan, someone who has done so much for the community, I just urge you to support whatever he does with the uh, Rule 1 team. Buy merch if you want to. If you're going to buy merch anywhere, buy his. Um, if you want to see Rocket League continue to grow and if you want to see Rocket League esports continue to advance content-wise um, and, and otherwise, uh, I, I just urge you to do that. So I wanted to start out, start out with that because I thought it was a really cool topic something that kind of just added a bit more to the whole esports weekend, being able to see someone like Sunless Khan do something like that and for it to be so um, so out of the blue, I guess. But let's move on. I don't want to bore everybody with that who isn't interested. Um, Jinji, they are the first to qualify for the Fall Major in Rotterdam. So it's interesting. Um, we'll get to this a bit later. But because they have placed top two in each regional um, how the points are set up this season where they're so top heavy, even though they haven't won one yet, they still qualify before phase, um, before any other team. So it, it really re rewards not just consistency as they did last season, but also the top two, top three teams. Um, the points are very top heavy in that sense. So, uh, congratulations to Jinji qualifying. Um, that's is, uh, really awesome. And I'm sure it's kind of a, uh, a weight lifted off their shoulders in a way because now they can kind of relax they've confirmed their spot obviously still want to play for seeding and things like that but their spot is confirmed so now all they have to do is kind of prep and game plan for that so congratulations to Jinji uh, the team I'm following this season so super hyped about that happy for Jack and Nolly and Chronic I know they've been really grinding so moving to around the league uh, things that have happened, uh, Rocket League tourneys, uh, uh, events that have happened around the league. Um, APAC over the weekend. So James Cheese continue to dominate. They sweep Gladiators in the final. Um, so pretty normal, pretty much what we thought would happen. James Cheese continues to dominate. Um, but it is interesting, I will say. In Swiss, they went to five with Detonator, and I don't think anybody has taken them to five yet. So that's interesting. That's a good sign. Uh, for competitiveness, I guess, if you're someone who, who doesn't like blowouts. And they also uh, lost a game or two to them in the playoffs uh, to Detonator. So Detonator gives them trouble this time, obviously. They go ahead to win, uh, sweeping Gladiators in the finals. But still, uh, good to see kind of not total domination. And obviously, teams are still trying, uh, and they will no doubt improve. Uh, as they get to play the higher level competition. I also thought it was cool. I uh, realized he actually boasted the highest octane rating um, for this event, which I thought was really cool. It was 1.4. So um, a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, it's just, you know, two, two um, better players from better regions just taking over APAC. Well, we see in this regional, realize who is probably the best uh, Asian player in the game. Um, he, he is doing just fine and he's definitely contributing to his team. So good to see that. And I'm sure, um, uh, the, the whole team, the whole region even realize is going to improve, uh, even though probably the first season is going to be a bit rough, uh, because of the discrepancy, uh, in competition, but still, uh, very exciting to see James cheese do well, and they have pretty much all but, uh, secured their, uh, major spot as well. So, uh, congratulations to them. 
in Mina. They had their uh, fall cup uh, just this past week, weekend. Um, Falcons, they bounced back after that kind of, I wouldn't say disappointing first regional because they still came in second. <laughs> it's kind of crazy uh, the expectations we set for them uh, at this point, but they did lose, so I guess that would be a disappointment um, uh, if we're talking about them specifically, that team that swept the entire season uh, in their region last year. Uh, but they bounced back after their disappointing regional and beat Twisted Minds 4-1 in the finals. So good for them. Um, I think they went out in quarters, not quarters, semis, uh, last uh, uh, regional one. Uh, the um, What do they call them now? I'm trying to think of the names. Um, fall Open, the Mina Fall Open. That's that's what they're calling regional one now. So uh, they bounced back after that. So it's cool now. We, we've had two different winners uh, for two different events in Mina, show some parity within the region. And I do suggest, if you have time, or or even if you can't watch it live, to check out Mina, support them, because it is actually really high-level Rocket League, and, and there's even more depth this season. So that's kind of the beginning topics that we normally start with, just to kind of refresh everybody, get everybody updated on what's happened uh, across the scene uh, before we get into the main discussion but let's move on to in a regional two goes to seven i think it was the longest game seven we have ever had i think it was 48 minutes um is what the official esports page said but that was kind of the story of the entire weekend is best of sevens and long series i know for saturday for all the quarterfinals we played 28 of 28 possible games which i don't think has happened before i think we've been close but um, I checked earlier, and I don't think it's happened before. I think that is a first for the scene. And it wasn't just like sloppy best of sevens, like two bad teams who couldn't score or anything like that. No, it was really impressive Rocket League um, and really fun to see. But getting back to, to V1 um, and Jinji, this was a crazy series in a lot of ways. So V1 against NRG, and we'll get to this, they bumped heavily. Like a lot, a lot, and and again, I'll get to this in a second. How much uh, V1 bumped against NRG, but NRG could not could not handle it. They could not get any sort of. I mean, they they did they definitely put up a fight, but they could ultimately not overcome the bumps and the demos. Um, they supposedly are pretty easy to demo, according to uh, Calm uh, on the Trotcast last night. Um, so they just cannot overcome it. But when we look at Jinji, when I looked at these finals, there was a lot of back and forth. So V1 started out not bumping as much, then started to bump more, got some games. Jinji figured them out, um, really, I think, adjusted to the demos well, um, kind of was able to avoid them more. And then even later on in the series, they kind of started to play... I wouldn't say a similar playstyle to V1 because V1's playstyle is very <laughs> particular and unique. Um, but they kind of used fire to, to beat fire. They, they demoed more. They tried to get V1 uncomfortable. They tried to bump. Um, I didn't see them a ton of times get to beast mode because I don't know if he's like some alien from a different planet with the way he plays. Uh, absolutely incredible weekend for him. But they bump a lot. They bump Torment, Calm. Get them out of the way so either A, uh, they prevent Calm from 
uh, from bumping <laughs> teammates um, and, and, and kind of uh, creating holes in, in Genji's defense, as well as just kind of keeping version one on their toes. Because not many people, I think, bump V1 back uh, like they should. I think sometimes, like in NRG, they get tilted, they get upset at it, and that just makes them play emotional Rocket League, which can be good if used in the right way. But when you're getting bumped, oftentimes I don't think teams um, really bounce back with positive energy and positive emotion. I think they start going for demos and chasing, cutting rotation, and things like that. Um, so I, I also want to talk a bit more about the NRG series. Because uh, I think to talk about Genji and to talk about the full story of V1 this week, you have to talk about NRG. So I think it was game three. Calm had 20 demos. <laughs> 20 demos, guys. Do you know how hard that is? 20 demos against NRG. I know Virtuoso, I think it was, um, in RLCSX or last season. Um, I, I wish I had the spe specific stat. But I think he got 15, roughly 15. And he was going out of his way to bump. He was cutting rotations. He was basically just a junkyard dog out to maul whoever he could see. But with Calm... It is interesting to me. You know, people say demos, they're overpowered, they're lazy. But to do what Calm does, you have to be more than just someone headhunting, chasing demos, which he is. Like, don't don't get me wrong. He is definitely a headhunter. He definitely goes for demos. He will say it himself. He cuts rotation for demos. Um, it is not um, a new fact or something that is new to viewers, I'm sure. But he's not dumb. There are so many teams who have tried demoing and just do not have the same effectiveness as V1 do. Oftentimes when you cut rotations to demo that much, when you get 20 demos a game, like it's, to get that many a game, for most people, they have to take their eyes completely off of offense about playing a normal game of Rocket League. They just have to chase and even then it's hard. But what makes V1 and Calm impressive is they don't leave holes in, on their defense, not any more than a normal team. And when he cuts rotation, obviously the, the communication that the team has is incredible so as not to make a teammate hesitate or anything like that. And I'm going to be honest, over the weekend, this is the first time um, I have been kind of a bit irked, I guess, by the demos. Um, at the, uh, after Sunday, after Saturday and Sunday, I was like, guys, like, please stop bumping. It takes no skill. And I, I know Drew in the past has kind of felt that way. He's kind of changed too. But normally that was kind of something I was, I'd have to talk to Drew and be like, Hey, you know, it, it takes skill. Good for him. Yada, yada, yada. I didn't have a super strong opinion about it, but for whatever reason this week, I definitely did, but I'm glad I kind of waited for my emotion to <laughs> my blood to stop boiling about it because when you get past the emotion and just the kind of negative connotation that bumping that much has you can see how good v1 are at it and it's not just some lazy overpowered um ability that shouldn't be in the game or that team shouldn't do because like i said oftentimes when you're bumping that much you're, you are going to lose because you're focused so much of your attention on bumping. But with V1, it takes a lot of skill to have that much synergy, communication, and just pure ability and experience 
to not leave holes in defense, to have a, a sustainable offense as well as bumping that much. So hats off to V1 um, for, for being able to do that against NRG. Uh, they said that they played the same way they have uh, the, the, five other, the five other times they beat energy, um, they, they just bump them and they know that it tilts them. And to be honest, like if you're energy, you, you cannot be mad at that. Um, you need to find a way to adjust um, because I don't think they do. I think Garrett has a good mindset towards it probably. Um, maybe he doesn't. I could be wrong. Um, but the whole team needs to get on at the start of the series. They need to get on the same wavelength that, hey, when we're about to play v1 we're going to get bumped and we're going to not enjoy it but don't focus on that don't let your emotions get the best of you because in the, in the end all you want to do is win and when you are trying to beat them emotionally or, or demo back in a way that's not smart you're not going to beat them and then you're just going to be even more upset afterwards and that's kind of like preschool like me kind of looking down on them it almost sounds like but i'm not i i understand it's hard bumps are annoying and it's way different when you're a viewer a spectator watching it happen um and when you're NRG who is fighting for a major spot i understand that don't mean to uh, dog on the players by any means uh, I, I i i don't have their perspective necessarily um this is just my perspective on it um so v1 super impressive uh did not really think that they would win another regional uh with how stacked NA is right now uh, with Fury, with Complexity, with FaZe. Like, I did not think they had that ability, but they did level it up. Beast Mode, he unlocked something I did not know he had. At the start of the episode, uh, you probably heard, I probably uh, I probably edited in, yeah, I can't say that word. I probably um, pasted in audio of his pinch goal because that was just him all weekend. He he hit a mode where he was like, I am I'm dragging my team. There were a few times where he did have to drag Common Torment. Um, and he did. Um, and it's just impressive. And it, and it makes me sad because he used to be a Pioneers player. Yeah, I, I remember when he was the Pioneers' best kept secret. And now he's not. And now he's on V1. Um, so it is a bit sad for me. But I'm super happy for him. He, he seems like a great kid who kind of keeps his head down, doesn't get involved in, you know, a lot of distractions and doesn't have a lot of pride, but he just does what he has to do. And he's very good at it and he's very mechanical. So I'm sure um, V1 uh, really appreciate the efforts he has uh, into that. Let's move on to V uh, to V1. We just talked about V1. This is what happens when I don't have Drew to kind of uh, bounce off of i think um let's talk about genji now so we focused on v1 a bit let's talk about genji so what impressed me in the finals specifically um and and against phase as well is how good their defense was um phase clan i don't know how much i'll talk about them but they went out in quarters um this regional for the fall um cup which isn't a great showing but they're still phase, right? They still have a great offense. And they had a staunch defense against a phase clan who you have the right to be scared of because they beat you um, in the fall open. You know what I mean? And, and you get to face them first in the playoffs. Like, there is reason to be a bit scared there. But they really showed up, really composed, um, 
on defense with Chronic. Um, he's doing really well uh, in his role. He's really leveling up. You can see each tournament and each series getting more comfortable with the team. Um, and with Jack, I said before the season that I was going to be looking for consistency from him because we didn't have that on Dignitas last season. We we had a lot of inconsistency, uh, not great performances, letdowns, throwing. You know what I mean? Like we had a lot of the opposite of consistency. But so far, two regionals uh, into the season, Jack is doing a 180, really. He, he has completely flipped how I felt about him last season, a great player who suffers from inconsistency to a player who is very consistent, very confident, um, and I'm just happy for him. Uh, apparently, Jack is my favorite player, probably. Uh, Garrett G is up there as well, but I just love the professionalism he has, the respect he has, and just the way he carries himself, uh, the grind he puts in. I mean, he's been putting, him and Noli specifically, I know, have been putting in 100 hours past two uh, this entire season, and that's, you know, with moving to a new country, onto a new continent, new culture, adjusting to that, trying to get visa stuff work out, worked out for um, North uh, for America when they moved to Texas, I think. So a lot going on, but they're really pulling through. And, and I didn't mention Nolly, but I think Nolly has leveled up his mechanics this season. So he impressed last season with his offense, did not think he was going to do that well on Carmine, but I think he's done even better this season. And I don't know if that was an off-season thing that he specifically focused on. Um, I know some players, when they team with a very mechanical player, um, like apparently Jack, like Chronic is proving to be, they kind of get that motivation to want to step it up themselves. Uh, so maybe that happened. But regardless, all three of them gelling really well. Um, obviously, they didn't win the final, but it was a game seven, and they played so well. Um, there were some hiccups throughout the series, but they kept answering. If they lost a game, which I think it was game three or four, they had two own goals. Um, not great, but they answered. They came back, and that's what matters. That's what you want. You want the consistency to come back out of a tough situation and to adjust uh, mid-series, which a lot of teams cannot do. So really happy for V1 and Jinji just to see um, their performance. So moving on, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be proved wrong here. I can already hear Drew. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry, and I, I can already hear you tell, saying to me, "I told you so," even though you're numb and you might not be able to speak coherently right now. I know what you're thinking. So NRG this past weekend. So Friday, NRG wasn't playing super great. Um, most well no they, they they i think they three won let me actually um pull up man like i have so many tabs but i i only use one screen i i i honestly don't understand that that bit of me let me pull it up the, the swiss stage this past weekend so yep they went uh 3-1 uh, only losing to furia drew texted me during the furia series and i think he was happy with their performance from what I understood, maybe I misunderstood, but I was like, mm, you spoke too soon, Drew. They got 3 one uh, Same old, same old NRG. Sorry, Drew. Don't mean to hurt your feelings. And then they went on to 3-1 Rogue, which is good. 3-0 Jinji, which is really good. 
and 3-1 Dignitas, who is a very, it's a dark horse, but very solid squad. So they did, they did, you know, decent in the Swiss, but I still wanted to look for more. I still was not accepting the fraudulence that Drew was, was spewing out, um, out, out of his mouth about how energy were back. Um, then we go into the playoffs and their first matchup is against optic. And I thought no shot. They beat optic. They had some, okay, some okay matchups in Swiss, but not, no, not with Reddles, not with magic bear. Not going to happen. Not with AJ. And I was proven wrong. Drew, uh, I don't think I've given you a formal apology yet, but I want to say I'm sorry. I apologize. I was wrong. Uh, NRG, they beat Optic in seven with a nutty shot from Garrett G. Garrett G, I think, is the best he's been in probably six months. Um, he has looked really well. Even last regional, I thought Garrett G looked really well. So I'll give that to him. But... They, they outperform my expectations. Um, I did think that a coaching change might help them, but it, I just did not think it would, one, happen this fast, and two, after the beginning they had, I didn't think that, uh, against Fury, I didn't think that they were going to uh, have the right mental. But they, they uh, proved me wrong. Uh, Garrett G is really kind of taking that leader role again. Um I know he said in the interview that he kind of let that go a little bit, but I, th- I think he was talking about in the post-match interview that he wants to be a leader again. He wants to have that motivation to lead and things like that. Um, and, and he had nothing but high praise for Epic Johnny. Um, from what I've heard, he's not, <laughs> he doesn't seem like a shoe in for a great coach, but I mean, we, we all could be wrong. So we'll see. Um, but so I'm going to dog on myself. I dogged on myself just now. I said, I'm sorry, Drew, but I'm also going to praise me because I said they needed to make a change. So in some ways, sorry, Drew, but in other ways, I told you guys they need to make a change and don't start with a player yet. Maybe they just need some fresh blood and look what they do. They place top eight uh, or sorry, top four um, in in this regional. Uh, so really impressive from them, really happy for them. I know it must be somewhat of a weight lifted off of their shoulders um, to be able to to make it this far and to see that they can do it, um, which is really I'm I'm really happy for them uh, for that. So they they are still in the points race right now for the major. So we'll have to see uh, what how they stack up, what they can do, um, which is actually kind of leads us into our next topic, um, which is. The top four in the major are mostly a lock for North America um, right now. Let me pull it up. So, Jinji, they have um, obviously qualified. FaZe most likely is going to qualify. Uh, let me pull up the others. Version 1, uh, most likely going to qualify. Uh, and Space Station, most likely going to... Oh, wait, sorry. Let me start the, Let me start over. Jinji, qualified. FaZe, most likely. V1, most likely. And Space Station, most likely, in, unless they have a colossal failure. So it's really that five spot right now that is most likely to change. So right now, tied for fifth is NRG and G2 with 15 points. Seventh, Fury and Optic are tied with 14. And ninth, Complexity and Shopify Rebellion are tied for uh, 12 points. So who is going to be that fifth team is what I'm thinking right now. 
uh, have not talked to Drew about this, so this is totally unbiased right now. Um, we're not going to get any in NRG fraudulence right now um, in chat. We don't want that because uh, I am the least biased one here out of everybody. Um, that's not true. Um, who, who, sh who is going to be the fifth team that places right now? Uh, that places for the major. Um, I talked about earlier. You know, Phase they they place top eight this time, uh, which is still good. Um, still a good placement, but not up to their standard, I don't think. But I, I was talking to some others, like, that doesn't necessarily mean they played bad, if that makes sense. Like, there is just so many really good teams in North America this season. Like, there's a, guys, there's a lot of really good teams in North America. You got Gen G, Phase, V1, Space Agent, G2, NRG, Furia, Optic, Complexity, Shopify, even Dignitas can, can really uh, compete. So that is a lot of teams, guys. I didn't count on my fingers, but that's a lot of teams. That's like nine or 10 teams who can compete. So just because a team like Phase does not place, top two or top four like they normally do does not mean that they're bad it just means there's a there are going to be teams that only place top eight who are really good and more to my original point who do not make major who last season probably would be there and to be honest are good enough to be there it's just playing the best for that split who's the best for that split at that time and even then it's splitting hairs so I think a lot of people might have for that fifth spot G2. Uh, they had a bad regional. They went out in Swiss. They did not make playoffs. Did not mention that. Really bad showing from them. I think the last time we saw that was in RLCSX when they were transitioning uh, without um, Rizzo. I think it was RLCSX. But regardless, they, 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 they struggled at one point in RLCSX. And that's when they didn't make it. So it's been a minute since they didn't place. And, and with them being the... Um, second place at worlds uh the the reigning na champion i guess you could say um nobody expected that but that's that's kind of why i'm worried about g2 because i thought that they were going to be more consistent and overall they have been but maybe there's a bit of that g2 from years past that inconsistency that is kind of coming back a little bit which worries me so i think g2 probably take that spot but imagine if nrg beat out G2. So really, the teams you're going to want to look at uh, to see for that fifth spot is G2, NRG, Furia, and Optic, and maybe Complexity as well. Um, so really, actually, I, I, thought I, was only, I, was, I thought I was only going to mention a couple teams to watch out for, but there's actually quite a few uh, that have the chance to uh, make that fifth spot. But really pay attention uh, this week with the Invitational because it's only the top 16 and this decides who's going to the major this is it guys like this is do or die for NRG, for g2 for furia for optic and complexity and shopify so i'm going to predict long story short i'm going to predict predict g2 to make it to the major because they got rizzo's energy on them right now they got his blessing but if NRG or furia make it I will not be surprised. I want NRG to make it actually because I, I really want it for Garrett. I want it for the team morale. I want that NRG back. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, they've been winning for so long. You get tired of it. 
I got to that point, but now they haven't been winning. And now I want to see the bounce back. I want to see the redemption. Um, so I, I'm going to predict, predict G2, but would not be upset if NRG makes it. So Drew, hopefully uh, that keeps you from uh, coming at me with pitchforks and torches and stuff um, because I, I am rooting for your, for your boys at NRG. So moving on, uh, let's move on to, to EU. So that's it for NA. Um, I, I didn't cover it as well as I wanted to. Drew, if you're listening to this, which you might not be, but if you are, Drew, you add so much to the show that that I cannot replicate. So, and, I, and I'm sure the viewers feel that way as well. So, kind of not not the episode I wanted in terms of coverage for NA, but I'm doing my best without you, Drew. Just just know I need you, and, and that's what I'm going to leave it at. So let's move on to uh, EU. Uh, looking forward a little bit. Let's look at the Swiss matchups uh, right now. So, um. We had close qualifiers this past weekend for EU, as we always uh, do. Uh, when NA plays, EU, reach, uh, EU does their qualifiers. When EU plays, NA has their qualifiers. So let's look at the uh, Fall Cup for EU. And interestingly, Vitality finally made it, guys. Let's give a let's give a clap real quick. Let me see if you can hear this. Let's give a clap. They did it. Team Vitality, the team with Alpha 54. Um, with Zen coming in pretty soon, Radisson, Sazen, Farah as their coach. This is the first time they made a regional, uh, which is pretty sad, but I guess it's, it is the beginning of the season. But finally made it. Good for them. Uh, let, but let's look at the Swiss matchups. Uh, I, I did want to just mention them first, uh, just because somehow t- Vitality making it is a, uh, is, a, is a big deal now. So for Swiss matchups... Um, there's a lot of good ones actually this week and let's start out with Vitality. So Vitality is facing Moist Esports. Um, we, this is almost becoming, becoming a broken record, but since this is the first time Vitality have played in a regional, this is the first time I will be watching them. This is the first time most people will be watching them. I'd say you got to start out with Moist and Vitality. See if they get something together. I have seen replays of them. They look like the most... I've only seen a couple, though. I'll say that. So I'm not going to condemn them here. But the games I have seen, they have looked like the team with like the least chemistry I have ever seen, unfortunately, right now. I don't know if it's the pressure with Zinn kind of looming uh, in the background there or what it is. But this is what I like to call a good old... This is a sniff test. I haven't used that in a while. Drew this Drew likes this term. It's a sniff test, everybody. A sniff test to see if Vitality are the real deal or if they absolutely suck still. Uh, maybe it took them a, them a while to get going, to get their chemistry. Maybe they're good now. But regardless, a team with Rise, Joyo, and Astral will be a good barometer to see what we can look at going into the future. So that's the first matchup to watch. Uh, just see how Vitality does. Uh, next one, Team Liquid and Aogiri. So Aogiri kind of, I think, flies under the radar um, because they're not signed to an org. They're, they're kind of pretty low-key. And their roster, on paper, isn't that crazy, at least in my opinion. VK Salen, Ocelon, and Stizzy. Stizzy's pretty cracked. But they have all performed really well this season. Uh, I mean, kind of keeping things in perspective, they haven't been like a oxygen-level team, but... Overall, they 
performed pretty well. Uh, I'll go into it later, but on fantasy, they've been putting up really good points. And I think this will be a good test for Team Liquid because they have started out on the wrong foot this season. So much hype for them going into this season. So much, I think, expectation for them, which might have hindered them more than it helped them. Um, and a lot of complaining on Twitter from a chronic and, and stuff, which I don't love. Like, complaining about the format, things like that. Just win, guys. Like, just win. Every format's going to have flaws. You're going to get bad matchups. Yada, yada, yada. Just win. Um, so, hopefully they can they can start out on a good foot against a really good warm-up match, to be honest. Like, Aogiri is a very good warm-up match. So, But also, Aogiri could very well uh, upset here. So, watch that because I think most people will predict Team Liquid because of the hype they have and everything. But Aogiri is really good. And Team Liquid have been underperforming thus far. So let me uh, let me see if there's any other matchups that I would look out for. Um, Quadrant versus... Uh, oh, I thought that was Quadrant versus G1. Sorry, that's that's versus Team Go. So let's not look at that one. Um, any other matchups? Uh, Team BDS plays Solary. Uh, Solary did not do super well. My hot take was not quite right, but it was kind of right. I think they went 1-3 and three in the uh, Fall Open. So close to write about them that they're that they're kind of washed, um, but still, uh, they obviously have had flashes. Um, so maybe Team BDS versus Solary. Uh, but other than that, I think for these this first round, I know I mentioned that there's a lot of good ones, um, but actually, I think really that the main ones are Vitality Moist and Aogiri versus Liquid, and maybe also um, G1 versus Monkeys because Monkeys is also um, a good team. So. Those are teams I'd watch out for. Um, keep your eyes on. Uh, make sure to support the team streams to watch your favorite uh, teams. Help support them. Helps them economically in more ways than one. So, if you if you are a huge fan of like Team Liquid or Vitality, watch the team stream. Uh, not only will you get kind of more of an idea of how they play, but also you'll be supporting your favorite organization. So, I I do recommend that. So. Moving on to our pre-jump segment for EU. So Drew doesn't have a hot take this week, obviously, because he's not here. So this is going to be all me. And I had to think about this one for a second. I really did have to think about this one for a second because EU, I don't know if I just don't keep up with it enough or I'm not as knowledgeable, but I struggled to find something like a hot take. I thought most teams have been performing pretty much as expected this season for EU. Still fun, but... More, more expected compared to NA. But I found one. And I'm actually pretty confident in this one uh, as regards to a hot take. Not super confident, but since for a hot take, I'm pretty confident, if that makes sense. Um, at this point, uh, I'm just kind of rambling on. So maybe I'm not making sense. But my pre-jump, my hot take, I'm pre-jumping, coming from back corner. I'm going full first killer from this past regional where he just jumped from end to end um from from 50 yard line to the to the goal i'm pre-jumping right now my pre-jump is quadrant failed to make the main event so quadrant uh they were just recently picked up um they were the former goldbridge ball they have cash relating wave and ixo this team can be really good guys i know and i know they beat bds in the last regional in the playoffs BDS was having an off day. It happens. Um, if it continues, I'll be worried. But BDS was having an off day overall. 
I don't expect that to happen again. I mean, give credit to Quadrant for doing what they did. You know, beat who's in front of you. And BDS is obviously just a scary mental block for teams. So good job beating them. But I want more identity right now. And I know it's... I'm not... I'm not trying to be critical because it was literally the first event. So, I mean, it's not a horrible thing that they don't have identity yet. But I want to see more Killer Instinct. I don't see a huge quality from this team like, oh, they're really good at this. Or, oh, they're really good at uh, backboard defense or, or just defense in general. Uh, really good at midfield. Things like that. I don't have that for them yet. Um, so, I'm going to look for more in this regional. But if I had to predict... Uh, I think EU is still pretty, there's a, there's a lot of depth here, so a lot of teams can upset uh, each other. So I'm going to predict that Quadrant fall out. Um, they only beat EG, Resolve, and Monkeys in Swiss, which is an okay run. And again, I am the biggest proponent of beat who's in front of you, and that's all that matters. But you can also take in you know the strength of schedule. And they only beat EG, Resolve, and Monkeys. And then I think... If I remember correctly, they got swept in the playoffs. Um, I have to look at that. Um, after, after BDS, I think they, they got swept by Oxygen, if I remember. Um, so, yes, it's a hot take. They, they, they might make uh, the regional. They definitely could. They make, to, I mean, make top eight. But if my hot take this week is that they will not make top eight and they'll fall out in Swiss. That's my hot take. Uh, take it or leave it. Drew, I don't know how he, how he's going to feel about this one. I don't think he has strong opinions on Quadrant, so actually I might ask him afterwards kind of what his hot takes are. Um, maybe I should have like texted him and said, hey, Drew, do you have hot takes you want me to mention? That might have been a good idea, but I didn't. So let's move on to our fantasy picks. This has been actually like a really enjoyable segment for me, kind of going in, doing a deep dive on Octane ratings and fantasy ratings, and points, and, and prices, and things like that. Um, I've really enjoyed it. So now it's just me this week. I get to have my fantasy picks all to myself. I don't have to put up a poll and have Drew smash the poll. Uh, people always love Drew's fantasy picks and never love mine. It's okay. I'm not I'm not hurt by it, but I kind of am. Um, so it's just me this week, so you cannot vote for anybody else except me. So Take that for once. That's the one good thing about hosting this alone. So for my fantasy picks at Striker, I say, so uh, for the last E original, I said Archie Joria's, and I say keep them. There's no region, reason to to uh, get rid of Archie or, or Joria's. Both incredible performances, lots of points this past regional, and their points are already rising. Uh, like I mentioned last time, if a player performs better than expected, their price will rise if you are in a salary cap league. But whenever you acquire them, you will not have to pay more for them if you're if they're already on your team. So I would keep them because their prices are going up. They're playing incredible. It'd be kind of crazy to get rid of them. At midfield, I have smokes. So this, this is an interesting pick, and I actually have not seen him play a ton. I, I think this I don't know if this is his first season, but I didn't see him last season. But the times I have seen him uh, this year, he's done really well. He is um, currently on Monkeys, actually, right now with Matane and Arju. And he's kind of what I'd say my, my dark horse this regional. He's $1,500, um, kind of that middle range. 
but for a midfielder, he's really good value. He he posted the highest amount of assists per game uh, this this past regional at 0. 0.72, 70% goal participation, which means he's going to be getting a lot of touches, a lot of points, and he finishes finishes it off with a 1.1 octane rating. So he did a lot, and as a dark horse pick, which I like to at least give one of each each time I do fantasy picks, I think he's a good value. Um, and, and to be honest, a lot of monkeys are putting up good points in fantasy, even though they aren't performing the best of the best. So put smokes at midfield. See, give him a shot um, and see how he does, because he might be a good value um, if he continues like this. For my defender, this one I struggled with a bit. So there are a lot of good defenders in EU. I think EU is really one of the best, I think probably the best region at defending overall. There are, I think this, the strikers are great defenders. Um, I think every position, every type of player in this region um, can be a good defender and, and has been in the past. But I settled upon a Tau with this one from Team Liquid. He's 15.50 right now. And the reason I chose a Tau is just because he was higher up um, on the rankings. And, and I do feel like Team Liquid, though they've had a bad start or kind of a rough start, will pick it back up. Um, I have faith in that. And to be honest, he's better picked than Extra, who I recommended um, a couple weeks ago. Um, because Extra, the past few events, he has not performed well fantasy-wise. He put up like 390 points this past regional, um, which is not very good. You, you really want to be looking at the 500s, uh, high 400s. Um, and the reason I chose Extra, let me explain myself here before I look like I don't know what I'm talking about, is because it was just for, at, at that point, at the t at the time of recommending it, okay, so he had been on a bit of a downtrend for fantasy, but I thought, okay, at the start of the season, he'll pick, pick back up to what he normally is, which is an above-average fantasy uh, pick. But he hasn't done it this far. I don't know if it's because Seiko and Monkey Moon uh, have more control over the offense, which makes sense. Um... So I think that's probably the reason behind that. And if it is, I would not pick up extra. I'd probably drop him and pick up someone like a Tau, just someone in that mid-range uh, who can play offense. Um, I know a Tau this past regional actually impressed me quite a bit on offense. He was more involved than I thought he would be um, because I've always kind of uh, seen him as more of a third man, but he actually did play more offense than I thought. So that's, those are my picks. So, uh, striker, keep Archie or Jorias, whichever one you have. Uh, smokes at midfield uh, for 1500 and at Tau at defender for 1550 So, those are my picks. Um, and that's actually pretty much the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I know it was a bit different. Um, it is really, I think, difficult for me specifically to kind of keep a train of thought when I, when I don't have a minute um, when Drew's talking to kind of think about what I want to say and kind of slow down and take a breath. Um, so it is actually quite a bit different than I thought it would be, but uh, I, I hope I suffice just for this week uh, while Drew's gone. Um, one final segment, actually. So we have the bandwagon fan segment, which is my favorite segment. Uh, this is a segment where we roll a wheel, we spin a wheel uh, with the top 16 teams going into that week. Uh, this week it's the top 16 in EU and whatever um, card this wheel lands on I have to explain why they're going to win whether they're the 16th seed or the first seed so 
don't have a great system and especially since I'm not streaming this, I cannot show you the screen, uh, but I will spin the wheel and I will I will be completely honest in what I get, even if it's a it's an awful pick. Okay. Spinning the wheel now, getting there. We need some like Jeopardy music right now. So I got G1. So that's the roster of Mark by 8 Atomic Dorito. Let me tell you why G1's going to win it. They didn't they didn't have a bad uh first event uh did pretty well. Their coach is Kale, who's the former BDS coach, if you remember correctly, helped them get to a championship. And they got marked by eight. They got two people who were let go from BDS. You're telling me they don't got some a chip on their shoulder? No, marked by eight. He wants to win. He was benched all of last season. He wanna win. You got Atomic holding down on the offense while marked by eight holds it down in the midfield. Dorito helps out on offense. This is the offense you want in 2022. You want two really good offensive players and a super start, super smart midfielder. Um, they gonna crush it. Like they got it. They got it unlocked. Maybe clean up the defense a bit, but overall, you want more offense. Offense is your best defense. Enough said. Marked by eight coming for the W. Um, he's used to winning as a BDS member. He's gonna carry Atomic and uh, Dorito, carry them, help them with his experience he's had making it far in tourneys. And it's going to be no problem. I think that one was a pretty good one compared to my top Lokes pick uh, the other week. So um, I think this one has a, has a pretty good shot of working, actually. So um, we'll have to see if if they actually perform well. And I'll try to pay close attention to, G to G1. Uh, and I'll be rooting for them for my own ego purposes. So that is going to do it, I think, though, for the episode. I uh, hope you all enjoyed. Um, if you did enjoy, please follow the podcast. Follow us on our socials, which will be in the show notes. And also, I um, want to mention, make sure to leave a, a rating on Spotify and also leave a review on Apple. Um, I noticed this past week that Apple, I think they removed all our previous reviews, which I don't know if that's a bug or if that's like something that happens quarterly or something. But basically... Leave a review. Uh, I love seeing those. Uh, they're great motivation for me and Drew. We, we love seeing uh, that people really do enjoy the show. And it's not just the two of us talking into the wind. So please leave a rating and review if you did enjoy it. Follow, follow us on our socials, uh, which I'll leave in the show notes. And um, yeah. Tune in this week to see if EU kind of shifts up a little bit or if Oxygen stays on top. See if uh, Vitality, they actually kind of get their act together um, with Zin <laughs> looming in the background. So um, it should be uh, a lot of fun to watch uh, as we get closer to the major. Uh, so we appreciate you watching, uh, your support, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, Mom.